Again, thank you for coming and being with us today. We have a crew, a, a team that is at, uh, in New Orleans at Mardi Gras. Several vehicles have gone there and they're ministering. They've called several times and they have had and are having good success. Amen. Would you agree with me as we pray for them? Father, we thank you today. We're so glad, dear God, that you are present there in New Orleans. Lord, we pray against the enemy that would try in any way to hinder. We pray, God, that you would give them freedom in their witnessing, give them much fruit, dear God, as they labor. And I pray, dear God, when they come back, there be testimonies of men, women, young people that receive Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, and they know him because of this great effort. In Christ's name, amen. I want to continue to pray for them. This coming Wednesday night, Michael and Jolene McAfee. Most of us have heard the song, I'm no longer a slave to sin. You haven't heard it sung unless you hear Jolene sing it. She'll be singing it Wednesday evening. They'll be with us this coming Wednesday evening, and we trust that you'll be here to hear Michael minister and Jolene sing. Amen. I worked very hard to introduce this our special guest today. I did. And, uh, of course, my wife and I got to hear him about two or three weeks ago in Dallas, Texas, and I said, Carol, I, I really want Lindy to come and be with us, Lindy Phillips. And uh, because we're living in a society, in a culture today that need to hear this man. They really do. He brought his precious wife along with him. They have uh, two children and uh, <clears throat> a little grandbaby. And that grandbaby and mom and dad live up towards the mountains, but they're with us today, and he'll be introduced later. But would you make him welcome, Lindy Phillips? sitting in my seat reading a magazine this is before we took off and the chair across the aisle was vacant and for some reason the flight attendants as you can see was all dressed like George W they moved him from the back of the plane up to the seat across from me and out of the peripheral of my eye I thought that's President Bullock and then reality hit he wouldn't be sitting in coach 
And so I turned and I greeted, and we just said, he's a comedian, he's a Christian, he loves Jesus, he spreads Jesus wherever he goes, and all the programs, he's just on Huckabee a couple of months ago, and just wherever he goes, he talks about Jesus, and uh, God has given him a great uh, uh, ability to do that, and a place to do it as well. And uh, he actually got to meet President Bush, look at that. Isn't that amazing? President Bush looked at him and went, I'm so sorry. <laughs> And John got to go to the, the SMU library where President Bush's uh, library is, the presidential library. He got a, a picture. Uh, John got a picture dressed up as President Bush behind the, the, the uh, desk that President Bush used for eight years. And I said, send that picture to me. He goes, why? I said, because I'm putting my iPhone. He goes, why? I said, because when I'm feeling honorary and I'm with a group of people, I'm going to text you and say, call me. And if you can, call me. And when he does, this is what comes up on my iPhone. I say, excuse me, the president's called me. <laughs> well, Pastor Don, thank you. Carol, thank you for having me. Thank you so much, and my wife Angie. Uh, we were we've been we were in the area. We're just two and a half hours from here, up in Boone, visiting this wonderful family right here. This is our daughter and our son-in-law and our grand and our grand dogs. <laughs> Got the grand dogs. But our granddaughter was just born three and a half months ago. And so we were up visiting them, and there they are. They were for Samaritan's Purse with Franklin Graham. And uh, as you can see, that's my granddaughter. There's my granddaughter. There's my granddaughter. <laughs> I got many more, you all want to see them. Lots and lots of these. Well, listen, I do. My wife and I come to you from the great city of Texas. We are so blessed to be in your church today to bring this message of joy. Something God's put on my heart. Uh, we were in ministry for many, many years. We burned out because we took care of everybody but ourselves. And sometimes in life, you get a little, you get, you get, you get so much of the world that you get kind of pulled down, and you lose the joy that God's given us. And so, uh, eight and a half years ago, the Lord uh, took me out and put me in corporate America to take this message of Proverbs seventeen twenty two: "A merry heart does good like medicine." And I actually get to teach that in corporate America, if you can believe that. I thought I was going to go and do it in churches like this, but God said, no, I need you in corporate America because there's so many people that don't hear that because they don't go to church. They don't know the Lord. And so he's had me doing that for the last several years. So it was a joy to come and share that with you today. We do come from the great state of Texas. It's a big state. How many of y'all have been to Texas? Pastor was there just a couple of weeks ago. It's a big state. We, we, we kind of are proud of that. In fact, I was in Connecticut not too long ago. They have no clue how big our state is. No clue. So I looked it up. Connecticut will fit in our state 48 times. Isn't that amazing? Look at this. Rhode Island will fit 221 times. We have a big state. And unfortunately, I guess for you and maybe fortunately for us, when we look at the map of the United States, that's kind of the way we see it. <laughs> And we have some strange things in Texas. I'll just give you a little history of Texas. Of course, we're cowboys. We're Dallas Fort Worth. I was on the farm. We have cowboy boots. It gets really hot in the summer. Do we have a pair for that? <laughs> we have limos, but in Dallas, they have the black limos. In Fort Worth, we have these kind of limos because Fort Worth is more farming than ranching in Fort Worth, Texas. So when you come to the airport, we'll pick you up in that. And I have a lot of people across the country that believe that is real. <laughs> they always ask me, the number one question, is everything bigger in Texas? And I'm like, what are you guys for? This is a farmer. He's on his farm. He's got a little two-wheeler, you know, the kind of police use on the, in the uh, uh, mall. You know that little two-wheeler you see him going around? This is his two-wheeler. That's such a huge in there. We have everything in the shape of Texas. I mean, just everything. This is pasta in the shape of Texas. We have a swimming pool. Look at that. Dallas, Fort Worth, the shape of Texas. We have a grill, a shape of Texas. We have coffee cups. We have seats. But this right here takes the cake. This is a farmer rancher outside of Austin, Texas. When him and his wife, when they built their house there on the ranch, they built it, believe it or not, in the shape of Texas. <laughs> you just don't see it anywhere. Everybody built their house in the shape of North Carolina. Or somebody came to me, some wise guy came to me and said, well, they all built in the shape of my state. I'm like, what's your state? Colorado. Well, okay, all right. It's square. Well, this is my little hometown of where I was born and raised. I was not, almost not born in the state of Texas. There's a little town called Daresette, Texas. It's only a town of about 400 people back in the day, and I did graduate fifth out of eight. That's a true story. There's only eight kids in my class, 
and I graduated. I loved going up there. It was a small community, farming community. Loved it very much. Wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Absolutely wonderful. And I grew up in the era of the Carol Burnett Show. How many of y'all in here remember the Carol Burnett Show? Oh, yeah, yeah. Some of you youngers have to look it up on the internet. This is probably one of the best shows that was comic comedy back in the day. It was just clean. It was fun. And uh, this guy right here was my hero, Tim Conway. And I tell people, if you're having a bad day, just, just type in Tim Conway, the dentist. If you remember that skit with him and Tim Conway, I promise you, if you're having a bad day, watch that skit. It will make you, it is probably one of the funniest skits. So I grew up watching Tim Conway, and he taught me, just while watching him, that you can be funny and clean at the same time. And so I followed him, and then I started doing little magic tricks, you know, little card tricks. The back of my Boy Scout magic, you know, you become Scouts, Boy Scouts. And so I got interested in that. I love being on stage. And, and so I started doing little magic tricks, little illusions is what they are. So these two guys, David Copperfield and Doug Henning, started to become my friends. They're not my friends, but my heroes. Yeah, but this lady right here was my greatest hero. She did something that women back in her day didn't do. She got her bachelor's degree and she got her master's degree. Then she taught English. She coached women's basketball. She was a principal and a superintendent back in the day. And she was my grandma. Wow. Yeah. And she took me under her wing. And she just had that ability to draw out of her students and out of me uh, our talent and who we were. That was just her gift. And she took a lot of her kids... Uh, to state uh, in poetry and prose reading and, and drama. She loved doing drama. She was a drama teacher as well. And when she found that I loved doing little magic tricks, she surprised me with a trip of all places to, to Las Vegas as a 14-year-old. Now here's a little wise word to you. Don't take your 14-year-old. It's not made for 14-year-olds. But she didn't know she had never been to Vegas. Never, ever been to Vegas. And the reason she took me, she got tickets to the Siegfried and Roy show. They had the number one show in Vegas back in the 70s. This was the late 70s. And she took me there, had a blast, had a wonderful time watching that show. And after I got back, I wanted to be a magician. And that was me doing some magic tricks just all around the town. And, and in my school, I got to do little magic tricks. And, uh, and even doing little magic tricks for uh, a school project, uh, my teachers would let me do that. In fact, I'll show you the very first trick that I ever learned. just an illusion. There's no way you can cause anything to go from there over to there. There's just no, there's just, there's just no, this is no magic. It's just an illusion. So I had to do that in my mind and I had to learn that illusion actually happens in the mind of you making it look like that.
Well, let's, uh, yes, we met earlier. I forgot about that. And come on up here because you, you, you're going to help me because you got to leave early, right? So see, you're going to get a part of the show. <laughs> Good to see you again. Now, this is simple. This is very simple. I've got a bag over here. So this is the second trick that I learned to do, was with a coffee cup and some water. So I think I've got some coffee cups. Yeah, we've got some coffee cups we got from the, uh, I'm going to stand right here. There we go. If you'll move right here, that way this can pick us up. So we had coffee cups. So you can see this one's empty and that one's empty. So hold on to this one. This one's actually going to be yours. Okay. I'm going to take this coffee cup and I'm going to put, oh, not that much water in it, about halfway. Here's what I'd like for you to do, Melissa. Take the coffee cup, hold it up like this over your head. But you're going to hold this one. Oh, yeah. The one with water. Here, perfect. Now turn and face everybody. This is my coffee cup, so I'm going to put just a little bit of water in it. <laughs> I've done this before. <laughs> Here's, oh, don't spill it. Don't spill it. There you go. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. Melissa, stand over there, and I'll stand, don't spill it. There you go. Just like that. On the count of three, in just a moment, I'm going to snap my fingers, and what you're going to do is you're going to go one, two, Three steps forward, you're going to count them out loud. One, two, three, and then you're going to go three, two, one, backwards. Don't spill any. One, two, three, go. One, two, three, one, two, three. That's great. Now, if magic were really real, which it's not, but if it was, give me a magic word that we could use. Just make one up. Any word. Any word. Just make one up. The first word that comes to mind. What is it? Oh, that's original. We'll use it. Now watch. Here we go. Watch this. I'll go first. Abracadabra. Now it's your turn. <laughs> so wave it over here. Wave your hand. Go abracadabra and just turn it on your head. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't believe in it. Oh, look! You did it. Good job. Now stay right here. Stay right here. Stay right here. I don't know how that works. Do you? No, I don't. People always ask me afterwards, how did you do that? I say, very well. <laughs> so here's the takeaway. Here's the reason why I got into doing this, okay? I got into doing this because uh, my grandmother that you saw in that picture, she was an artist. She loved, In fact, when they retired, she uh, they built a, a cabin up in Red River, New Mexico. She had an art gallery in the back. She loved to paint aspens. You know what aspen trees? Absolutely love that. So she spent all her retirement, the rest of her retirement, painting. And she always thought I could be an artist. And so let me just show you how well I did. Once you stand right there, we're going to do a little our art work here, okay? Um, now, this is not to scale, so please don't be offended. Okay? This is just not to scale, okay? This is uh, just my, I'm going to look. Okay. All right, here we go. I'm drawing some arms, legs. There we go. Okay. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not what, no, 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 that's probably not what I need to do. I probably should draw, um, yeah, okay. Do you want to see it? Yeah. I don't know if I should show you or not, but I guess I will. Please know that this is not to scale. Okay, but that does look like her, doesn't it? <laughs> you can see why I'm not an artist. Okay, I'm not an artist. But I'm going to give you fair play. You get to draw me, okay? So draw me right there. Well, then this would be great. Just draw the best you can. Just look at me. Get the best features of me, okay? Yeah, just get my best features. In fact, the better without glasses. No, you can do it with glasses. There you go. Oh, you're looking at my nose. That's not a good thing. She's looking at my nose. My ears. Oh, you're really getting detailed on this. This is scaring me. Okay, <laughs> she's really getting this. All right, how's it looking? Good. Is it looking good? Yeah. That's all right. So, hand me the pen. Let's see how well you did. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> we would make a team. Look at that. We're gonna have our own art gallery. Yeah, no, we're not. No, we're not. But here I'm going to show you. Stand forward here. I'm going to show you why I decided to get out of uh, out of drawing and out of uh, doing art. And my grandmother agreed. And I'll show you why. Okay. 
This is why. This is why we decided not to do this. Are you ready? There you go. Thank you very much. Give her a round of applause. Anyway, that's the kind of the silly stuff I would do around the house. And what's amazing is that God would take uh, take a, a kid who was raised on the farm, very shy, and uh, had some emotion problems and some mental problems, and turned me into someone that put me on stage to give him the glory for that. And I show you using illusions, and I'll show you in a minute kind of how I did that in bringing this message. Uh, if I could do, if I really could do a magic trick, and if it was really real, this would be the trick that I would get rid of. This would be the one that would do it right here. I can't do that, so the next thing that I can do is I can get you and I to not ignore stress, okay? And let me tell you why that's important not to ignore stress. Stress is one of those weird things that you can be as healthy as ever, you can eat right, exercise, you can do all the things you're supposed to be doing, but stress can creep in there and still make you sick, and here's how. It's your battery, your, your body, your immunity system is like a battery, and when stress comes in, it begins to deplete your immunity system. In fact, it just goes down. And so you can be very healthy, very, you can eat right and everything, but you still get sick because stress destroys your immunity system and you can get stressed. And you start getting stressed, you feel it like this, fatigue, headache, upset stomach, muscle tension, change in appetite, teeth grinding. That's how it manifests itself in your body when you start getting stressed. So these are like warning lights on your, you know, when you're driving down the road and that pet engine light comes on <laughs> and we ignore it, <laughs> we keep driving. Well, your body's doing, you're doing the same thing. Your body's telling you it's time to take a look because something's wrong when you start feeling this, okay? And 77% of us feel this in our body. So stress is a very real thing to all of us. Out of 100 people, 77 people are experiencing that stress manifesting in its body through those, those things that we just looked at. Here's another statistic that got me. 73% of us feel stress in our minds psychologically. And I thought, how does that happen? I, feel, I know what it feels like to be stressed in your body, but what does it mean in your mind? Well, there's a lady named Dr. Leslie Hart. She studied this, and she gave it a term called downshifting. Now, downshifting is like in a car when you go from fourth to third to second to first. That's downshifting. Well, she said you can become so stressed that your mind will literally downshift. And she explains it this way. You, you literally become less intelligent when you're so stressed. You don't think clearly. She calls it clouded thinking. And so this is where it gets really dangerous whenever you're in a really stressed job and it affects you, your mind that you don't think clearly. That's when some bad decisions can be made. Bad decisions for you, bad decisions for your company or your family. And so that's how stress affects you psychologically. Or like that, I don't know. I think somebody was stressed. That's a downshifted state, whatever that is, all right? Now, there are several causes of stress. I'm just going to give you three. One of them is, oh, let me go back. One of them is money. Uh, it doesn't matter if you have a lot of money, a little money, or in between. Money is just stress, stress, okay? Another one is relationships. Now, this is my beautiful wife, Angie, and I. We were married 35 years ago this June, 35 years we've been married. And this is our, again, that's my granddaughter. <laughs> But the reason I show you that is because that's one of the stressors. Money is a stressor, but relationships are stressors. Whether it's your marriage, whether it's your girlfriend, whether it's your co-workers, whether it's your neighbors, whether it's in ministry, uh, your associates. But stressors come from being in relationship. So you've got money, you've got relationships, and then you've got these wonderful people we call children. I love children. I love my grandchildren, but they can steal the joy. <laughs> and here's the reason why. They have a dark side. <laughs> Just parenting is stressor. In fact, I did, a, I did several banquets for a money uh, finance guy in Dallas last year. And so I heard him for like 10 times. And he gave a graph that when you're the most happy in your life is when you're retired uh, about, well, about in your 50s and 60s is when you're most happy. You know what the least happy is? When you're married, it's not the least happy. You get married, the least happy is when your kids come. <laughs> it's just the hell. It's not because they're just stressed off. They're just stress 
respectful like this. You give your daughter a marker. The next day she's like, look what I drew. <laughs> I mean, kids just are innocent. They just do things innocently, but they just cause us stress. I mean, don't get a marker, get a picture. Don't give your kid a marker on the toilet. That's all I say. Don't do that. Don't do that. And this poor guy, the only reason I learned about this, it made the news. He's from China. He was in North, or South Korea visiting family. They were in the airport in South Korea. And while they were in the airport waiting to, look, to get on the plane, his four-year-old or three-year-old does that to his passport. That's his passport. But the reason it made the news is because they went to board the plane. And when he showed his passport, they wouldn't let him board until his, his family got back to China and then they flew papers back to South Korea to get him out. Yeah, stressful, stressful. You don't think kids are stressful? Look at that dog. <laughs> and there's always every kid. There's one in every crowd. <laughs> and this poor guy, this kid right here, this, this is the big brother. He's rather large. And the two little ones are not. He just started picking on the little brother. And the little brother, you know, he, he's pretty small. So he's like, I don't know how to take care of his brother. And he found out a big way to take care of him. There he goes. There he goes. That's the care of his brother right here. Do you see why kids are stressing people? So you got money, you got relationships, and you got parenting, all right? And even for some of us, grandparenting. Because we're raising our grandkids as well. Some of us are. So it can be... It can be very, very stressful. The number one, though, is our job. It is our work. It's what we do. And if you're retired, it can still be stressful uh, in, in uh, volunteering and doing some things, whatever you do. Life is just stressful. And especially, Pastor Don, ministry stressful, isn't it? Ministry stressful. This guy's 42 and feels great. <laughs> it doesn't matter what. Listen, I speak to all groups of people. It doesn't matter what group I speak to, there's stress in that group. There's always stress. It doesn't matter what work they do, there's stress. And here's the reason why. Stress has its way of creeping in. When you're doing all this life balance and you're working and you're trying to balance everything and make it all work, relationships, money, parenting, it all, and then stress begins to creep in there. And before you know it, you start feeling it in your body, like we said earlier. That's why I want to come, and that's why I've been doing this for the last eight and a half years in, in corporate America, is to remind people that stress is not a good thing. Now, a little bit is, and I'll tell you in a minute why a little bit is good, but too much is really not good. I'll tell you in a minute why that's not good. So, a little bit of stress, you look like this. Because you have to have a little bit of stress for your, your life to work. But this is way too much stress. You look like that. And this is too much stress. <laughs> and this is why too much stress is bad for us. This is called chronic or extreme stress. And this is a real thing. In fact, 33% of us are at this level. And this is, this is really the reason why I do this talk, because I want to speak to you that are at this level, because this is the most deadly level. What is chronic and extreme stress, and why do 33% of us feel this? Chronic and extreme stress is when you're at a high stress for a long period of time. In other words, your body never comes down from stress. See, God created your body in the most unique way. I think it is a miracle the way God created us. Isn't it, though? He created our bodies to heal itself. You know, when you get a cut, isn't it a miracle in a shriveled egg that cuts gone? That's actually to me a miracle. Or, or, or we'll be eating and we'll give your bit your lip. Oh, it's the most excruciating. And you have that for a while and then it heals. Your body, God created your body to heal itself. Well, God created your body. When you get an extreme stress, here's the cool thing that God did He created it so that whenever you start getting stressed, cortisol and adrenaline start dumping into your body naturally to bring your stress level down. Isn't that cool? God created that. So he knew that we would be stressed. And so he said, you know what? i got to put something in to fix that. So he put cortisol and adrenaline. So when we start feeling stressed, cortisol and adrenaline start pumping and it brings the stress level down. But here's the problem with chronic or extreme stress. When you're at a high rate of stress for a long period of time, you never come down. And your body is constantly dumping its cortisol and adrenaline into it. And too much cortisol and adrenaline now becomes your enemy. You see, it was supposed to be good. Well, now it becomes your enemy. Because too much cortisol and adrenaline affects your blood pressure, your heart, brings anxiety and depression. So that which was supposed to heal you now begins to hurt you. 
It's called extreme or chronic stress. It's also uh, linked to the six leading causes of death, heart disease, cancer, lung ailments, accidents, cirrhosis of liver, and suicide. So if we never let our bodies come down from stress, this is the danger that we get into. Now, we're going to do uh, three uh, uh, extreme signs that you're extreme stress. How do you know if you're at that level of high stress? How do you know that? Well, there are a lot of ways to know, but the th number three way, or number uh, one way, is apathy, that you just don't care anymore about the things that you used to care about. Now, I speak a lot in the ag industry because I was raised on the farm, so I speak a lot to farmers. And uh, in the farming industry, it's gotten really stressful in the last several years. And the way that it comes out in farmers when they're at a high rate of stress and they never come down is through apathy. They don't care about the farm anymore. They just let it go. So that's one way, it's apathy. Another one is anger. Now, there's nothing wrong with anger. Now, we know in Scripture is you don't let your, the sun go down on your anger, so you don't ever want it to take over and control you. But anger is a healthy emotion. We saw Jesus get angry. You know, when he turned the tables over, he was angry because they turned the, 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 the God's house from a house of prayer to a house of business. So anger's okay. It's just when you're at a high rate of stress and you're angry all the time. You're just constantly angry. You never come down from it. In fact, you're so angry, your arm grows three meters. Look at that. <laughs> or you're driving on the road and you just scream at people for not using their blinker. But just because you just constantly, anything will set you off, you may get that high level of stress. And the last one is fatigue. You're just tired all the time. Now listen, if you're getting tired on the toilet, you are way past stress, okay? <laughs> But those are the top three signs to maybe ask yourself, am I at a high rate of stress? Do I, need to, do I need to look at my life? See, I always tell people that if you're fatigued all the time, you're apathetic about everything, and you're angry, it may not be that you're stressed. It just may be a sign of something else. See, God has given us amazing warning signs in our body to kind of pay attention to. And when we do, we can sometimes uh, step back and alleviate some of the messes that we get ourselves into. So if you find these things in your life, step back. If everything's okay, it probably is stress that is causing all that. So we're going to do a little bit of a stress test, all right? Simple one, I like to do this. Sir, I'm going to go to your team. What do you do for a living? Oh, where at? It must be stressful because you want to do it. Yeah, you forgot. I know, you look so stressed, you forgot what you did for a living, right? So you sit in a warehouse, so that can be stressful. Co-workers, like I said, relationships and things. How long have you done that, Denny? Denny, is that what I'm seeing right? Uh, previously done it for 37 and a half. Oh my God! That was stressful. 37 and a half. Yeah, that's yeah, where the white hair comes from, right? Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> well, I've done this for so long. I know what stresses people out. I want to carry a pocket. Let me see that pocket right there. I'll tell you what stresses you out. Just by what you carry in your pocket. Driving. I can tell you, driving is very stressful. Okay, that is stressful. So that's but what else you got in there, Denny? Yes, well, clean it all out. Cell phone is stressful, and then, oh, that's what? Yeah, what? How did that get in there? I don't know. his favorite color. Hot fudge. <laughs> well, this tells me you're stressed, so I'm glad I brought you up here, right? Because here's what we're going to do. We're going to bring the stress levels down. I have some handkerchiefs here uh, made right here in the good old United States of America. Good old handkerchiefs right here, made in America. What we're going to do is I'm going to shake them out, and then we're going to tie a big old knot in it right here, and then we're going to pass it through your body. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. We're going to magically pass it. Oh, See, you're already getting stressed. I know. You're getting stressed. Because you're looking at that knot going, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, we don't have time for that. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to take it. We're just going to put it on the front of your shirt like this, right? I'm sorry about that. I'm going to make sure it's like that. You're going to put it down the front like this. Now, you'll stand forward, right? 
everybody a visual, okay? Just this goes along with this lipstick. Doesn't that look good? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. That's kind of crazy. <laughs> no, 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 we're not going to do the belt. Normally, I would undo the belt. That would relieve stress, but that might stress us all out. So instead of doing that, I'm going to play this song. And so, Denny, when you, when you get stressed there in the warehouse and you put that lipstick on, you probably go somewhere in your mind. You probably escape somewhere. I want you to go there. I'm going to go with you, okay? Oh, yes. We're going to go together. Oh. I feel it, Denny. We're there. We're on top of the world. Denny, we're flying. Oh, Denny. Okay, that's just weird, isn't it? That's just weird. <laughs> Sorry about that. We both went there. <laughs> we're back. Yeah, we're back. We're back. All right. That was pretty fun. Now, here's what we're going to do. On the count of three, this is just a magic trick. So I'm going to pull these. They're going to come through your body, and all your stress that you've had for 37 years is going to attach itself to that, and you're going to be less stressed. All right, Danny? Here we go. One, two, three. Whoa, dude. <laughs> he is stressed. <laughs> He needs to do what my granddad taught me. Eat a bread muffin. Let it go. <laughs> Some of you will get that after church today, okay? You're not getting it right now, but you will. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to pull them through your body. Here we go. On three, two, be free, Denny. What is that? What? Oh, my God. such a good sport. You let me bring you up here and have fun with you. I'm going to make you a gift, handmade by me, that you can have and take back uh, to your house and to your work. What's your favorite color out loud? Yellow. Okay, here's what we're going to do. <laughs> we're going to show, ouch, we're going to show you the very first balloon out that I made as a kid. Now, as a kid, I did not know these were meant to blow up, because I tried, and I still to this day cannot blow these up. I don't know how people blow these up, but as a kid, I couldn't blow them up, and I wanted to make a balloon animal, so I used my imagination, and the very first balloon animal that I made, Denny, for you, back then, a pregnant worm. <laughs> maybe not, maybe not. My dad wasn't impressed, so he did buy me one of these. I did buy one of these at a discount store, so it's something like this. It wasn't this one, but it was like this, and it, and it, and it solved problem number one. Look at that. But it created problem number two. And problem number two is this. I did not know that these were made to twist. But they were. They are. They're a little bit thick rubber. But I didn't know that. And I thought, that's going to that's gonna pop. So I couldn't get myself to twist it. I thought, I can't do this. So the second balloon animal I made was a snake. It was a really long time. And I used to have a lot of fun with this snake. My dad would plow all night, come in at midnight, and I, we'd all be in bed, but he would eat, and then he would sit in his chair and fall asleep for an hour, and then he'd go back out and plow. But during that hour, he would snore so loud, he'd wake us up. And so one night, I'd had enough, and I went and blew one up, and this is what I did while he snored so loudly. I went and stuck behind his chair and did this. send you home with a gift from me to put in that bag, all right? So I'm going to make you something. Uh, what is 
Well, it doesn't have to be your favorite. It could be your favorite, but you could just name any animal. But name an animal. It could be your favorite animal. It doesn't matter to me. Just name an animal, and we will try to make one. What is an animal? Out loud. Oh, thank you. That's all I know how to make. Because <laughs> you're going to get a dog no matter what you get. That's all I know how to make. But here's the cool thing. In my study of stress, I found out that one of the ways to reduce stress, and I'm going to give you six ways here in a minute, but one of the ways to reduce stress, they say, is to distract yourself from that which is causing you stress. So let's say that you're in a stressful meeting. If you can get up and walk out, uh, you know, and you don't get in trouble for doing that, and go just take a walk down the hall and back, just, just getting yourself away from that stress will bring the stress levels down. It's called distraction. So when you get distracted, you know, when you're feeling stressed, don't put on the lipstick anymore, okay? You keep this animal, this dog uh, balloon, in your desk, and when you feel stressed, you just pull it out and look at it. If it speaks to you, you go to the doctor. <laughs> He's way past stress if this thing is speaking to you, right? But if it doesn't speak to you, just look at it and then do some tricks. Now you have to, now this is all about distracting yourself from that which is causing you stress. It's a little silly, but it works. So just tell it, you have to help it out. Just look at it and tell it to sit up. And see, you have to help it out. Roll over. It rolled over. Tell it to stay. Hey! It's good. You just tell it to sleep. I'll fix it in just a minute because I don't want that is a representation of what stress does to our body and I don't want that to do that to any I don't want this to happen to any of you because of stress here's the cool thing about it we can do something about it we can stop stress from doing this to our body how do you do that? well you have to find healthy ways to reduce stress okay healthy ways not bad at it and I'm going to give you six these are simple you're probably already doing these okay Already doing it. One of them is listening to music. Believe it or not, praise and worship is one of the best ways to bring stress down. But any worship, I mean any music, driving down the highway, going back to work, doesn't have to be praise and worship, but to me that's one of the best because you're connecting yourself to God and it's bringing that stress level down. But you can listen to any music, it'll bring the stress level down. It's been proven medically. Another one is exercising and walking. Just, just taking a walk around the, the office or the block. And here's the amazing thing. If you don't have time to work out, the ADD or the ADA, the Anxiety and Depression Associated America, here's what they found out. A 10-minute walk, just 10 minutes, can relieve as much stress and anxiety and depression as a 45-minute visit to the gym. Now let that sink in. If you can just go walk 10 minutes, you've done so much to bring that anxiety and that depression and that stress down just by a 10-minute walk. So exercise and walk. Another one is read and learn, Okay. Read how to do things better. Read how to do your job better or read how to uh, parent better or do any relationship better or what, parenting better. Whatever it is, you read and learn. And just reading casually can bring the stress levels down. Just get a book and read. Of course, Scripture is a wonderful way as well. Bring the scripture. Prayer and meditation has been proven to bring stress levels down. Okay? If you're really stressed, maybe prayer and medication. Another one is vacation. And this is the one that I harp on, especially us guys. Because guys, for some reason, we just don't think we don't need a vacation. And when we do take a vacation, what do we do? We work through the vacation or we take it with us. Let me tell you why that is not a good thing, right? Dr. Leslie Hart did a study with the Framing Heart Institute. This is an amazing study. Here's what they came up with. Men who are at risk for cardiovascular disease who skipped vacations over a nine-year span were 30% more likely to have a heart attack than individuals who took one week a year off. Now think about that. One week a year off brought these guys from being in a place where they could have a heart attack to getting rid of that. Now there's no guarantee because you do this, but they're saying in this study, that's what vacations did to these men. It brought them away from having heart attacks. Just one week. And here's why. Your body was created, okay, again, by God to rest. God put that into us. I mean, if he created the world in six days and rested on the Sabbath, don't you think you and I need some rest? 
And so what you and I have to do is we have to put that into our schedule and rest. We've got to find those ways to rest. Because here's what happens. When God put that in us to rest, when you rest, you literally recharge your body. You give it what it needs to go back out to do what it's supposed to do. Whether it's in ministry, whether it's in whatever work you do, we all need the rest so that we recharge and we can go back out and be instruments of the Lord. Okay? So take that vacation. My last one is my favorite, laughter. It has been proven. This scripture, I love all scripture, but this is probably one of my favorites outside of John 3.16. There's so many I love, but this is one of my favorites. Proverbs 17.22, a merry heart does good like medicine. Now you've probably read that all your life. Let me tell you, there is so much depth to that. If you sit there and just focus on that, God will give you so much revelation. But in the medical field, because when I do corporate America, they don't like for me to get up there and do uh, Greek and Hebrew and German and Greek things and things like that. They don't want to do Greek stuff. Okay? So what I do is that I give to what the medical field tells them. Okay? Now, I know that sometimes when I'm in a crowd, some people look at me and say, okay, well, I understand that Mary Hart does good like medicine, but I don't have anything to be happy about right now. You don't understand what's going on in my life. I get that. I do understand that. My wife and I understand that. We can understand that there can be circumstances that can just suck the joy right out of your life. We get that. We had a boy. Uh, he is 28 years old, going to be 29. When he was in uh, junior high, made a very, very bad decision and ended up in the justice system, in the, in the uh, juvenile system, all the way through 18. And I'm telling you, that sucked the joy out of our lives to watch what we had to go through with him. He was raised right. He was raised as a Christian home. He was raised in doing everything that God told us to do with him. But you know what? He had to forgive us. Like you and I have to forgive us. And you know what? The word of the scripture doesn't give us a promise that you raise those kids up and they may stray, but the scripture says they will come back. And that's the hope that we all have. It may take a while. For some, it may take a couple of Years For others, it may take years. But the promise that we have on Scripture is you raise those kids up in the Christian principles, in the Word of God, they will come back. But our son, he decided to go that way. And it, it, was, it was rough. I'll tell you, there was no joy in our house for a long time. The joy had been sucked out. And so I understand that. And I can understand that whenever you come and hear someone say, oh, joy, 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 I get it. You're released. Maybe you're not at that place right now. But there will come a time when God will restore your joy. Hallelujah. I'm tell you that right now. There will come a day when God will restore your joy. And it may be today. I don't know. It may be tomorrow. Maybe next week. But God will restore it. I want to tell you how he restored me. How many of y'all remember this poem, Footprints in the Sand? Anybody heard of that? Okay. Well, this thing is. Although that's a good point. I was literally, we were in the midst of all this with our son. There was no joy. It was just, it was just, it was just yuck. It was just yuck. I, just, I don't go into details, but it was just yuck. And um, I'm sitting in front of my computer, and I'm going to tell you right now, this poem that came up, I have no idea where it came from. I believe 100% it was the Holy Spirit. Because I didn't type anything in. I wasn't searching for it. It just came up. And I read it, and, and this is how it goes. One night, I had a wonderful and then some stranger prints appeared, and I asked the Lord, what have we here? Those prints, they're large, round, and neat. Lord, they're too big for feet. My child, he said in summer tongue, for miles I carried your love. I challenged you to walk in faith, but you refused and made me wait. You would not grow on the walk of faith, you would not know. And so I got tired and I got fed up, and then I dropped you on your love. Because, son, I'm glad you're going to find a woman of slide, a woman of slide, a woman of sand, and grind and thin sand, or leave your butt print in the sand. <laughs> and that was the name of it, butt print in the sand. And I read that and fell out of my chair laughing so hard. I mean, God broke the sadness and all of the garbage that was going to darkness. He used a silly point like butt print in the sand. To break it off of me. And I fell out just laughing. And that's how it came back in our life. So let me tell you the good thing about laughter. We know that it's scripture. Okay? But like I said, it's overwhelmed. I have to 
show the medical side. And there's nothing wrong with learning the medical side, how they've proven that scripture. They know that whenever people are going through a high stress, they will give them laughter therapy because they realize laughter will relax the body, will even uh, reduce that stress hormone, cortisol and, and adrenaline. It will help them feel better. It will even block the pain. This is why Cancer Centers of America lose la use laughter therapy to their patients because they studied it, and when people are going through chemo, if they're laughing, they, one, don't feel the pain as much, and two, they heal faster while they're laughing. Isn't that amazing? And here's another thing. It boosts the immune system. Remember I told you at the beginning, stress can make you sick even though you're healthy because it attacks your immune system and it brings it down so that sickness and disease can get in. Well, they have discovered that laughter will literally boost your immune system so you don't get sick. And here's how it works. God is so amazing. When you're laughing, now, now this is a cool thing. God created this gamma interferon, which is a disease-fighting protein, T cells and B cells. These are the things that attack diseases in your body. Right now, as you're sitting there, sickness, these things are being multiplied in your body. Even sitting there, they're working, and they're going after the bad things, the disease and stuff. But here's the cool thing they found out. When you laugh, these gamma interferon T cells and B cells, they multiply faster while you're laughing. So you literally build your immunity system up faster by laughing. Isn't that amazing? It's a miracle. And Dr. Contreras says one minute of laughter a day will boost your immune system significantly for 24 hours. So find something to laugh about. And Canada did a study, our neighbors up north, they took folks who had survived a heart attack. And all they did in this study was give them 30 minutes of laughter a day. That's it. There was nothing else. They just put them in a room, made them laugh. Whether it was a movie, comedian, whatever, made them laugh for 30 minutes. After the study, they were less likely to have a second heart attack. And I want you to get this visual. Their blood pressure was up here, and the medication that they were taking was up here. After this study of laughing 30 minutes a day, all of that dropped. So their blood pressure went down, and they didn't have to take as much medicine just from laughing 30 minutes a day. Isn't that a miracle? And people, I know you're asking me, where in the world could I find 30 minutes of laughter a day? And I say, go to Walmart. <laughs> we go to Walmart all the time, sometimes three times a week, don't we, hun? We're walking down the aisle one day, we just start laughing because we're like, now that's funny. It's ironic, but it's funny. So I've learned it's to find the humor in everyday life. Like I went down the office supply, and I'm like, you're not getting me today. I'm not buying for 588. I'm not buying invisible tape, people. No, no, no. So you just have to look for it. So I teach people, just look for it. It is out there, everywhere. There's something to laugh about. This is, signs are the best. Pass this sign. Babies and children, buy two, get three free. <laughs> Here's another one. Wise guys haircuts. If we can't make you look good, you ugly. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> this year, thousands of men will die from stubbornness. No, we won't. I love this one. If you're a literalist, you'll love this. Okay? If you're literal, if your dog poops, pick it up. Okay, well, what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> Now, this is a funeral home in upstate New York. If it were in Texas, this is how we would pronounce it. Am I going? Am I going? Really, am I going? It's Amagone. Yes, it's Amagone. But not in Texas, it's not. It's Am I Gone. I just hope that when I die, my wife doesn't go one mile further. Just kick me out in the landfill. And if you, if you, I don't know your names, but if you have a bad last name, let me tell you, you are probably more blessed than this poor lady right here and this man. This is John and Maria. Mar Maria married into this, and all of her life, she was known as Mrs. Dumfart. <laughs> Can you imagine doing that wedding, Pastor Dawn? I now pronounce you Mr. and Mrs. Dumfart. <laughs> and keep a straight face. Can you imagine the fights that they had? You're just a dumb fart. Well, you are too. I mean, seriously. Autocorrect. I don't know if you hate your autocorrect. You know when you're typing and autocorrects the wrong word? I hate that. This guy does too, so he put this on the front of his business. Autocorrect has become my worst enema. <laughs> Septic tanks pumped, swimming pools filled. Thank goodness he added, not the same truck. 
And this father and son had a great humor uh, underneath their septic tank phone number. They wrote, we haul milk on the weekends. I'd be driving behind that going, honey, we ain't drinking milk ever again. And then in Elk City, Oklahoma, they have, they're known for the bird sanctuary. And I couldn't find it, so I asked a guy one day, I said, where's your bird sanctuary? He had a great response. He pointed across the street and went right over there. <laughs> I fly a lot, fly all over this country. I'm glad I'm not in this airlines because these seats are okay, these seats are not okay. <laughs> I flew into Minnesota one time in a little airport. I'm walking through the airport and I go by the final lounge and I do a double take. I go, whoop. <laughs> that not flying with you. Folks, if you're picking somebody up at the airport here in Raleigh-Durham at the airport and you're standing behind a little petition, you might want to peek over and see what you're in front of. This poor rabbi had no idea. No idea. He had no idea what he was in front of. And ladies, if you have a neck pillow that you like to sleep on in the airplane, you might not, especially if it's tan or beige, you might not want to, when you leave the airplane and you walk into the airport, don't attach it to your purse. I'm just telling you, don't attach it to your purse. Probably not. And then I stay in some bad hotels. I stay in some good hotels. You put us up in a great hotel, Pastor. But this one was not so great. This one it was just cruel. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, that's a lot further than my arm reach right there. I'm telling you right now. And this is a church in Florida. We, we vacation every year in Florida. We take a week in Florida just to, to rest and relax and recharge. And this is a church in Florida. Now, I don't know if there's any builders or architects in here, but I can only imagine that they, when they finished building this church and they step back and they look and they go, hmm, what could be done differently? Hmm. What does it look like? I don't know. What it's known as the first church of the Sun Chicken. But they've embraced it. They've even put it on their logo. Look at that. It's called Church by the Sea is the name of the church. Great sense of humor. This is a great church. I love this church. This church, if somebody, if I was a member of this church right here, and they said, what's the name of your church? I'd say, oh, I don't know. All I know is it ain't Peter's church. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Catholics up in uh, Chicago. This is a great sense of humor. Catholics were celebrating Lent. And this is what they put on the front of their church sign. Lent is coming. Get your ash in church. Now, folks, that's funny. <laughs> That is funny. That's funny. Let yourself laugh. That's funny. Now, if you're going to buy a Bible, buy this one. You know why? It is a signed copy. That's like Moses buy that thing. And this is this is <laughs> this is an Austin Texas, and this is a tutor. And all I'm going to say is, if you hire this English tutor, you get what you pay for. So these next slides are dedicated to this English tutor because he or she must have tutored these next folks. We walked into a restaurant. I went to dry my hands. Uh, I went to the restaurant. We went to dry my hands, and the town of Spencer was broke. <laughs> and then you mind if you like garage sale, go to that one. There you go. How about this one? Merry Christmas. Congratulate our happy birthday, bath day. There we go. Happy bath day. Congratulations on your weeding. <laughs> Super bowel. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. And this guy puts us up right next to the road. Big sign says, need drip. <laughs> Somebody drives by and writes, what is drip? And then a third guy goes by, where's your punctuation? Like, that even matters now. And then a fourth guy comes by and says, hey, need signs, drip cheap, spelling free. See, I show you this because the humor is everywhere. I mean, it's everywhere. You can't even make this stuff up. You just have to look for it. It is there. Our toilet went out one time. We were at Lowe or a Home Depot. We're looking at the toilet, laughing out loud. I have a laugh, loud laugh. It embarrasses my wife, but I'm just, I like to laugh. And she's like, what's so funny about that? I'm like, look at the sign at the bottom. Ask an associate for a demonstration. <laughs> Folks, you can't make this up, man. And then our doorbell went out, and we wanted a wireless doorbell, so I went to Lowe's. I found the first one. I didn't even look at the back of it. I just 
grabbed it, and went and paid for it, got home. I was opening it up, I turned it over on the back, and it listed the two melodies, <laughs> ding dong and ding. <laughs> wow, have we gotten that bad in America? Come on, guys. And this lady, oh, I love this lady. She went to Walt Disney World and she bought a Mickey Mouse sweatshirt. And the next time you need church, this is how she wore it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and this is our neighbor up in Canada. He's got an electric uh, electrician. Uh, he's an electrician and a plumber. And he has a company, his own company. He doesn't market or advertise. All he does is go around waving at everybody. Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Isn't that great? Oh, I love that scripture. I love the scripture. Very hard to do my scripture. Let me tell you why that's important for us. One, it is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Joy is a gift of the Holy Spirit. And whenever joy is in your life, especially as Christians, let me tell you, people are watching you, especially in your workplace and in your families. You know, the son that we told you about earlier, he's doing much better. He's great. He's getting his master's in a couple of, or uh, next month. He's doing great. He's living a lifestyle we don't agree with. But I'm going to tell you this, he's watching us. He watches my wife and I. He's watching our faith. And he, and I'm telling you, people are watching you. And so that joy that God put in you, put in there for a reason, because this scripture says, a glad heart makes a happy face. <laughs> but seriously though, people are watching you. And if you're walking, you know, if you're, I mean, for the last 50 years, if you walk around like this, I'm a Christian. I'm telling you, people are not going to believe it. Because there's something about, as Christians, it's not that we should be laughing, ha, 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 all the time, like we're at a uh, you know, show or whatever. That's not what that means. The joy that God has given us is a peace. It is something that you can be in the worst of situations and still have joy. Because this joy is not of this world. The world, the joy that this world gets goes like this. And it's connected to your circumstances. But the joy that God gives is steady. And I'm telling you, your life can take a dip and you could still be joyful. Because his joy is so much different than the world's joy. It's a calm peace in the midst of even the storm. Tell your face about that. Because I'm telling you, that's, I can look at people and I can tell what's going on in your life. Because that scripture tells us your face is going to have to be in And so I'm just looking at How do you have joy? I love this scripture. In his presence is the fullness of joy. Do you know how you have joy daily? You spend time with the Lord. You stay with him and spend time. In his presence is the fullness of joy. That's how you get filled up. Not with just joy, but with all the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. All of it. Kindness. Spending time with him will fill you up. I love what the Jesus calling said. Knowing me intimately is like having a private wellspring of joy within you. This freely flows, this spring freely flows from my throne of grace so your joy is independent of circumstances. Yes. So I want to pray for you today. I don't know where you're at. situations and circumstances. And like I said, sometimes the joy is not there, and that's okay. Sometimes it's been sucked out of us. But the thing, the thing I want to remind you is don't let the enemy win. Don't let him keep you down. I told Pastor Shoy earlier, I've been doing this eight and a half years full time. Before that I was in the ministry, a marriage ministry, a television ministry, and I was the uh, uh, development director. And then they decided to let me go. That was a devastating thing. I've never been let go from a job before. It was very devastating. It was very hard. But I'll never forget it. It's like I packed up my office and I got in the car and I clicked the seatbelt. God immediately said, the seatbelt sign is off. You're free to move about the cabin. And I'm just telling you right now, some of you may have been held down. There may be oppression. It may be depression. I understand all that. I struggle with all of that. But I'm telling you, the victory is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. And it is being in His presence that can cast that that, that darkness off and cast that depression on and that oppression off. Being in his presence can just wipe it away. So I'm going to pray for you today. So I want you to stand with me. I'm going to ask